Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And sitting in with me today as my special co-host, I've got Rod McKay from our Vancouver office. Rod, how are you doing today? Doing phenomenal. Thanks for having me on, Corey. So on today's episode, this is going to be our first, and we're going to make this an annual thing around this time. We're going to talk about our top five commercial real estate investment markets for 2022. And before we get into that, I want to preface that with kind of a little bit of the criteria that we looked at. So we are looking at markets that we think are great markets today, but have some great trajectory ahead of them. So as an example, a market like Surrey, which we talk about towards the end of the show with honorable mention, is a great market to invest in, but didn't make our list. Not because it's no worse than the top five, because we think these other markets, you might be able to get a little bit of more gains quicker and have a little bit more of a runway ahead of you. But that's an example of a market that wasn't on our list that should have been, but that didn't quite meet our criteria point. Rod, you've seen the list. We're going to get into it here in a second. Thoughts on it? Yeah, it's an exciting list. I mean, I think if you're looking to invest in commercial real estate, this is a great episode that's going to unpack a lot of things and markets that you've probably heard of and uh, some that you maybe haven't thought of. And before we get to that list, we always are sponsored by our friends over Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, for all your commercial lending needs, with over 50 years of commercial lending experience, please reach out to Al and the team at impactcommercial.ca. You work with Al and those guys all the time. They're beauties. They're, they're the best at what they do. Clients love working with them. You got to go to Impact Commercial. John and Alan and the team. Doing amazing. God's work. As Adam would say, they're doing God's work over there. <laughs> But without further ado, let's get to our list of our top five investment markets for 2022. Rod, thanks so much for joining us. So today we've got a very special episode. We're going to make this our first annual episode that we'll do this time every year. We're going to go through our top five markets in the province that we think where your investment dollars should go for 2022 if you want to buy commercial real estate. That should be exciting. What uh, what are the markets we're looking at today? So before we get into it there, we're going to go through and we're going to sort of go through the criteria in which we evaluated the markets, why we like these markets, and what upside we think. So I think important out of the gate is the markets that we picked are markets that we still think there's good value in them. We think there's good demographic growth currently and for the foreseeable future, as well as we think they're markets that may be a little undervalued for what they are. So as an example, Vancouver is not on our list, but we're not saying Vancouver is not a good investment market. Vancouver's just had a really, really good run. It's a little more expensive to get into it, and it may not yield the highest versus some of the markets we have on our list for today. 
So what you're saying is the markets we're looking at today might have a higher return than what you might look at in Vancouver. 100%. And we also think they're markets that have a good runway ahead of them that haven't maybe yet seen that pop that other markets have, like Surrey. So just because it's not on our list doesn't mean we don't think it's a good investment market. We're also going to talk about our B list, which are cities that should have made the list. We think maybe the threshold just isn't there yet for them to boom, or they've had a great run so far and they still got a they still got some some good runway ahead of them, but they're maybe a little bit more expensive than what we're currently picking right now. That makes sense? Excellent. Awesome. So without further ado, this is the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast's top five commercial real estate investment markets for 2022. And Rod, I'm gonna I'm gonna tee you up here. I think if if guests so if listeners have listened to our show over the past, I think we're on 29 or 30 now. Might be 30. Might be 30. Might be 30. Rod's a very loyal listener. Might be 30. We've talked about this market quite a bit. Quite a few other people have talked about this market. So without further ado, we're going to go through our top five commercial real estate investment markets for 2022. And to build up the excitement, we're going to start with five. We're going to start with five. We're going to start with five. We're going to work our way forward to number one. So we're going to start with number five on our list this year. Well, Corey, I got to say, this is a great list. And uh, fortunately, we've, we seem to have some offices in some of these cities. We Well, technically, number five, we don't officially have one yet, but we're coming. It's coming we're next coming. year. Number five on our list this year. Rod, take it away. We've got Kamloops as number five city, top growing industries. Top growing industries in Kamloops. Number five on our list. I'm going to go through what asset class we like in that market and why we like that market. We like the downtown Kamloops market specifically, mainly on the retail level for right now, or an alternative would be a multifamily purchase. Industrial in every market is a top thing to buy. So we're not going to go deep, dive deep in too much to that, but we will touch on it. We like downtown Kamloops as our number five market. One of the primary primary drivers why we like it You've got the pipeline that's coming through. So it's bringing some increased business into the area. The area has had its challenges over the past summer there with fires. But Kamloops has always been sort of a transportation hub city. And they kind of market themselves as the tournament capital of Canada. But when you look at the sectors that are growing in the Kamloops market right now, you've got healthcare. You've got development. You've got construction. There's various other industries that are now thriving in Kamloops that wasn't there a couple years ago. And I think, you mean the expansion of the education center, the post-secondary education center, all of these markets, I think are going to be feeders that are going to help stabilize that market and grow that market. That market yet is yet to pop. And by that, I mean, if we're comparing it to say a Kelowna marketplace, it hasn't had that burst yet. But I think over the next decade, you're going to find that the cap rates are going to compress even more so than they already are. And we've seen that happen. But I think you're going to get a lot more people from neighboring communities like Merritt, like Kelowna, that are going to get priced out of the Kelowna market and the surrounding areas there. And Kamloops is going to be the natural natural market for them to move into. So with commercial, 
population growth has to happen first, then commercial follows because commercial lags, because people, population comes in, jobs get created, infrastructure gets created, and then commercial jobs become available, then commercial real estate becomes more in demand. So we like the downtown Kamloops market specifically for our number five for 2022. So Corey, if I'm investing in downtown Kamloops, what kind of cap rate can I expect? And where do you see lease rates going, let's say over the next five, 10 years from where they are now? Well, I think if you look at the downtown Kamloops market there, it's no different than most historical downtown areas, like say a gas town in Vancouver, historic Abbotsford, First Avenue in Mission, where the market had sort of swung away from it. And now it's starting to come back where you've got these great character buildings. You've got a lot of atmosphere and excitement in that area. In downtown Kamloops, you've got a lot of development happening right now. You're seeing cap rates that are in that five range. Now, those cap rates, they were probably in the six range only a couple of years ago. And right now, there's a lot of stuff that's being shuffled around off market that's closer to a four cap. So as cap rates go down, prices go up. And as population continues to gentrify into those marketplaces, you're going to see greater demand for retail, for service-based retail specifically, and that's going to push lease rates up. So if I'm an investor today, if I'm buying something at a five cap rate with a $30 a foot lease rate, but I can sell that same asset hopefully in five or 10 years at maybe a $40 lease rate and a four cap rate, I'm getting cap compression and I'm selling it at a higher price with higher income now at a lower cap rate gives me three opportunities to generate revenue, which is hard to find. Sounds like an amazing investment opportunity. Are there any downsides like, you know, compared to a market, say like Vancouver, are there more vacancies? Or? That's the trade-off. So when you're getting into these markets is you are going to have a slower lease-up process, which is greater days on market. You might have to offer more incentives to get the tenants in there. But if you picture, if you would invested in Yale Town, specifically say retail, in 1999 to 2005, you would have had a lot of fluctuation and challenges with your leasing there. If you still own that retail now, you are doing really well. And I'll give you an example without using an address. We had a client that bought a space that we tenanted to a, a AAA tenant, we'd call it. And they paid 206000 for it. Fast forward in 1999, fast forward 21 years, we brought an offer for $4.2 million that was rejected. So I'm not saying that same trajectory is going to happen in Kamloops, but I'm saying it's a great opportunity right now as demand grows for the asset classes in that marketplace. They're restricted because there are mountains around them. They also have the river that runs through that prohibits some of the downtown expansion. I think that's going to be a market that you'll look back five years down the road or 10 years down the road and think that was a good purchase in that market today. We are noticing more and more institutional buyers and fund managers and all of that stuff. Kamloops is now creeping into conversation of where they should be putting money that wasn't there three or four years ago. So number five on our list, Kamloops, downtown Kamloops specifically. We think that's one that uh, if you're not already in that marketplace, it should be on your investment radar. Beautiful. Sounds like a great buy. Number four on our list for our top cities to invest in for 2022, Rod. We've got Chilliwack. Chilliwack. And specifically, obviously, there's been some challenges as of late with the floodings that have taken place in Abbotsford and the access to Chilliwack. But specifically, why we like Chilliwack is if you go back 
five to seven years ago, at one point in time, they had almost as many commercial development applications per capita in Chilliwack than we saw anywhere in the province. And mainly that was driven because the price to buy the land and to build out there was dramatically cheaper based on acquisition costs than you'd find in, say, Coquitlam. And what happened was too much product came to market too quick. Absorption rate, especially of retail, was not good. Vacancy rates were going up. Fast forward five, six, seven years now. Now you have COVID has entered our lives. It's pushed people out into areas where they want more land. They want more backyard space. They want more outdoor space. They've pushed into Chilliwack, which is, if you've listened to our sister show, the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, they actually talk about some of the best markets that this past year saw. Chilliwack almost is in amongst its, itself how well it did. Housing prices are up to the roof, but vacancy rates are coming down. There's a lot of activity, a lot of development in Chilliwack. We're seeing lease rates rise, and we're seeing a lot of tenants that otherwise maybe weren't looking in Chilliwack five years ago are now calling, wanting to know more about Chilliwack. And we've had a lot of success leasing lots of shopping centers out there, and just the vacancy rates of these asset classes seem like they're going down every single year. Yeah, and Corey, I, I, I think we had uh, one of our clients at William Wright uh, just purchased a shopping center out there. So must be a pretty attractive buy. Well, I think what that, you know, that's a great example there. It was, uh, it was an open-air shopping center on the main drag of Vetter there. It was about a 40, 39 to 41,000 square feet of leasable, sat on just over an acre of land. That's a marketplace that five years ago, you would struggle moving some of those assets at that price point, the price point being north of $15 million. This particular asset had four offers on it. It was a multiple offer situation. So that just speaks to the, the how the ever-changing market is out there. Cap rates are coming down dramatically. So in Chilliwack, I don't think you can go wrong with multifamily right now. You can't go wrong with retail if you get into the major corridors. You definitely can't go wrong with industrial. That thing is transforming amongst itself. And one of the major things that changed out there years ago was the repositioning of the Molson Coors plant from Vancouver to Chilliwack completely opened up that section of sort of old Chilliwack. It spawned a whole big industrial revolution out there with regards to development. That Chilliwack is a market that I think there's great growth opportunities still, but has come a long way. And I think you can get in still a good price. Wait, did you say industrial? It's the magic word. What's going on in industrial for Chilliwack right now? What's not? So if you look at it, things, you major areas out there like Luckacuck, Airport Way, you know, all those areas, there is a mass amount of industrial development and the absorption of the product is growing rapidly. And one thing you'll find with Chilliwack that's, you mean, maybe even more highlighted as of late, unfortunately, with the flooding in Abbotsford, is a lot of businesses that use the Coquihalla, that have to get into the Alberta market, that have to go up to Hope Princeton, one of the biggest challenges with logistics is getting from that Chilliwack-Abbotsford market into downtown with traffic. So if you're primarily doing business in the BC interior, the northern part of BC or Alberta, that's an area that cuts off a lot of time and literally in logistics, time is money. So you're finding a lot more businesses now are looking at repositioning out to Chilliwack that weren't there before. That's why I think that's an asset, that's an area almost in all asset classes with the exception of office because it's not really an office market. All the other asset classes, I don't think you can go wrong if you look to put Chilliwack on your investment list for 2022. Beautiful. Number three on our list, and this one we can probably go through a little bit more detail on it because when we get to our number one, we got lots lots to go on. 
Number three on our list, which is some people will probably say it's overhyped. Some people will probably say I missed the boat, but we still like this marketplace, in particular certain asset classes in this marketplace. Rod, number three on our list for our top 2022 commercial investment cities is? We've got Kelowna. Kelowna. We got lots to unpack here so we can spend some time on it. We recently opened our Kelowna office. It would have been last year. We've got a, a phenomenal team up there that's doing incredible, incredible work, an incredible amount of business. It's a marketplace that has seen a, a major run up, but I think depending on where you're going, there's still a lot of opportunity in that marketplace. And if you go back to 2010, 2011-ish, there was a lot of projects, especially in that downtown area that were promoted from the condo side that never took off. And they, they never launched or they launched with very, very minimal success. And the market, I don't want to say almost had, you I mean, had to sort of look itself in the mirror a little bit, but it was almost becoming too much for what it was in that particular time. Fast forward 10 years, COVID's now part of us. And a lot of people are looking to get into markets that are much more affordable. Kelowna for years probably survived off recreational tourism, probably Alberta oil money. And people repositioning their real estate from Vancouver to Kelowna when they were using their house as an ATM machine back in the early 2010s when this run-up was sort of caught us all by surprise. Now you fast forward to Kelowna, you've got major expansion of the UBCO. You've got the new hospital, which is going to expand even further from my understanding. You've got the international airport, which I think the last I was told by our guys up there, like 2 million people come through the airport every year. You've got tourism, you've got recreation, you've got real estate, you've got development, and they call it the California of Canada because during the summertime, there's probably not a better place to go, but also reports that have come out that says that the climate that Kelowna has could be the best climate to grow marijuana in Canada. So then you might have that industry that continues to grow. So I think when you looked at Kelowna before, it was kind of, I don't want to say falsely propped up, but there wasn't a lot of industries that were thriving versus you look at it in 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022, you're getting a massive amount of industries that are thriving up there. The housing market, the condo sales, the downtown core, which is where our office is. And we really like that market because it's changing rapidly all of that is coming together and kind of making it a perfect storm, whether you're a seller because you've had a great run and you want to exit, or you're an investor coming in because you still have got some good time ahead of you. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, reasons to invest in Kelowna. I mean, from where I'm sitting, it looks like we have a new listing every day coming out of Kelowna. They're closing deals constantly. Uh, we've got a beautiful office out there. Is it the William Wright Professional Center that we have out there? Unofficially, we've, we've lobbied for the name, the owner's of it have not given us the official name to my knowledge, but we're going to call it the William Wright Professional Center. That's what we'll call it. We're going to call it the William Wright Professional Center. And we, we got great signages on Bernard and... Bernard and I believe we're on Ellis. Bernard and Ellis. Yeah, we've got big signage everywhere. Just to show, give an example of that market and the resiliency in that market, our office up there recently listed a, a, a massive, massive 7.6 acres of industrial development land in West Kelowna, which garnered multiple offers on it right away. It's, to my knowledge, it's under contract now, and it's they're getting calls almost daily on it. 
Like that's a marketplace that's just taken off. And I think if you look at the multifamily market there, go back two or three years, you were probably a four and a half, five cap. Now you're seeing things sub four cap rates. You're seeing lease rates in the downtown core to continue to climb. You're seeing industrial sellout rapidly upon launching projects and the sell through and the pricing is getting higher and higher and higher. One thing with that marketplace that you didn't see years ago that you see now is it's slowly a lot more companies are looking at it as a secondary market or a tertiary market in BC versus that wasn't on their radar before. You mean arguably you have Vancouver as your hub and then Victoria would be that secondary market. Kelowna's getting a lot more looks at that. And the you mean the difference between Kelowna and Victoria, obviously one has a highway, one has boat, but Kelowna has a lot of industries right now that are growing and continuing to grow. The question with Kelowna becomes is fast forward two or three years, all these condos that were sold now, all these towers that are getting built, how many of those condos were sold to investors? How many are speculators? And are they looking to rent them where they're going to get a flood of inventory on the market in two or three years on the condo side of it? Or are they going to be looking to sell them where you're going to get a flood of inventory on the sales side? Can that market withstand it? And I think when you look at that market, it has similar challenges like we do in Vancouver. You're landlocked with respect to the mountains around you and with respect to the water, Lake Okanagan, on a different scale than we are down here. So there's similar economics and metrics that probably work there that, that you saw here. I don't think you're going to see the run-up on lease rates and all of that stuff that you saw on the retail side down here. But shockingly, industrial space to lease up there and to lease in the lower mainland is almost one in the same. It's, it's crazy the rates that they're getting out there. I mean, you'd think that Vancouver being the hub that it is, you'd be seeing much higher rates, but it seems like they're almost on par. Well, I think there's so much there. Like it's, you know, I mean, it's obviously probably one of the playgrounds in the province that people use to go up there for vacation. You got the wineries, you got golf, you got the lake, you got so much going on up there, but you got the international airport, which is continuing to expand. WestJet has a major hub up there, which is going to, I think, continue to expand as we enter out of COVID. I know the city's got plans for additional hotels and retail spaces and all of that stuff in that airport area to help grow that. And you're also seeing a spinoff in markets like West Kelowna and Vernon and all of that stuff where those prices have continued to grow and grow and grow. And as those population, as that population continues to grow, demand for commercial will follow after. And I think if we look at this past summer, a lot of people are worried, how will the fires affect that marketplace? And I think investors have a very short-term memory. And by that, I mean, not even a week or two weeks after the fire season started to slow down, various projects like Aqua up there that Mission Group has, from my understanding, sold phenomenally well. Caban, I believe is what it's called by Cressy, that sold out 56 units. You've got one, or sorry, water on the park, or park, yeah, water at the park, that I think sold like 300 and something condos in like a weekend. So when I say short-term mindset for investors, I think if the fire was something that was really long-term concerning, they probably wouldn't have been able to sell 500 to 1,000 condos in that marketplace within weeks, if not months after that fire season kind of subsided. Right. So if I'm looking for a place to invest like Kelowna, you look at population growth and marijuana growth. They go, they go hand in hand up there, don't they? I guess so. You know, we like Kelowna. Some people argue it and say, hey, it's had too big of a run. We missed the boat. I think if you get into that asset class, you're probably not going to have the overnight success that you might see down here in Vancouver from time to time. But it's a market that's growing. And people have to remember when you first invest in real estate, whether it's commercial or residential, the baseline understanding of investing is I'm going to put up X 
and my tenant's going to pay off my mortgage for me, whether it be commercial or residential. And down here, we saw such a huge, massive run-up over that decade that people become jaded. And if it doesn't double overnight, it's broken. So in Kelowna, I still think you've got attractive cap rates you can work with between the four and the five. I think you've got you know the upside on the rent still, especially if you're in the downtown core, industrial, or all that stuff in those markets. So I think you've got upside on that aspect of it. And then arguably your tenant will pay off your mortgage as normal. So it creates an opportunity for three avenues to generate revenue as a landlord. And I think as demand continues to grow in that market, it is a small market. There's only so much available that supply and demand could override at some point. And maybe you'll see even some even more challenging markets places or sort of some areas in that market to get in as cap rates continue to compress and lease rates go up. So I'm going to stand behind Kelowna. Some people will probably disagree with me, but I think Kelowna should be on people's investment list for 2022. I won't disagree with you. Sounds like there's lots of exciting things going on out there. You just don't disagree because I signed your check. Uh, exactly. A few of them. A few of them. Yeah. There's few and far between. But, <laughs> but, the, but the, the thing is, the size of the checks is what counts. Exactly. There you go. Okay. So coming off of Kelowna, we have our number two real estate investment market for 2022. Rod? We've got Maple Ridge. Maple Ridge. So let's let's go into why. And, and if people that follow the stats in the residential market will instantly say, well, hey, that market saw a 27 to 32% run up depending on what class you were in in a residential. We missed the boat. And one thing that we talk about is commercial lags expansion of population. So as that market continues to grow and more and more developments come into that marketplace, demand for commercial will follow and follow quickly. And if you look at all of the plans that the city of Maple Ridge has green has given the green light to in the downtown kind of 224th Dooney Trunk Road, Lloyd Highway corridor, that's an area that's going to completely change. And if you look at cap rates out there that were probably five, five and a half a few years ago, those cap rates are getting to that four and that four and a half range now with upside on it. And if you listen to our last episode, we had Meg Cooney on the show who did all about Strata Windups, who's in our Vancouver office. And she described how she was one of 23. I think it was 23 offers. There was 32 showings over the weekend. And they came in extremely competitive with their offer, over a million above ask. I think they were asking around $5 million. The winning offer ended up, I think it was a million and a half over ask, subject free, which you don't see a lot in commercial for land deals. But for this one, I think there were multiple groups willing to go subject free. So that just goes to show the demand on that market. And you know, there could be some argument that interest rates are rising, so people are looking to deploy now. But 23 offers on a single retail plaza, sells unconditional, well over asking, and the argument could be made maybe it was underpriced. Well, I think it was listed at a five cap, and I think it ended up going for about a 3.6, which is crazy. But I mean, you are seeing you know under market rents, so there definitely is upside there. Big piece of land. So I think uh, you know when they priced it at 5 million, they had a, a lot of eyes on it. Yeah, no, it was. It's an example of what's happening, and I know there's been other assets out there that have come for sale. All have garnered multiple offers on it, even ones that were very, very aggressively priced. Seems to it in the Maple Ridge market specifically, we like that two twenty fourth, two twenty seventh corridor there, two twenty second Street downtown is where I think your best 
investment is, whether it be potentially a multifamily in that core or a retail office building in that core. Industrial anywhere is doing good, so we don't have to sort of go into that. But if you get into that downtown core, similar to like downtown Kamloops, it's going through a major regentrification. And it's going to continue to go through that for the foreseeable future. So getting into that market now as population grows and expands, you see what the Johnson Meyer Insurance Group is doing with that master plan community they're building from 222nd to 224th called ERA. That area is going to rapidly change over the next five to 10 years. And getting into it now, I think, is a great opportunity for people where I think you're going to look back on it and realize it was one of your best investment opportunities because Although the lease rates are stronger there than other markets, I think it has potential to grow at a faster pace than, say, a Chilliwack or even a Kamloops. So you may be able to refinance or reap the rewards of that market a little sooner than you thought. Yeah, I think Maple Ridge is one of those cities that uh, maybe gets forgotten about, but it, it might be a city to put on your list if you're looking to invest in 2022. All right. I guess now the big lead up. Big lead up. So our number one investment market for 2022. And if you listen to this podcast, we talk about it all the time. We're not the only one that put this on this. Frank O'Brien, who was a recent guest, writes a lot of very, very prominent real estate stories for the Western Investor and BIV and the Glacier Media Group. He picked this as his number one market. We picked this as our number one market. We picked this as our number one market last year before we even had this podcast. We like this market. Rod, our top market to invest in for 2022 is... It's the capital of British Columbia, Victoria, BC. Victoria. And let's go into why. Coming out of this pandemic, it is anchored by government tendencies over there. And that's your primary, one of your largest, if not your largest employer. And that has sort of been resilient, obviously, through this. Victoria has seen a, a great run-up of population growth. A past guest we had, Brian Chard. CEO and president of Chard Developments. He tracks the population growth. They had it way up out there of what they're seeing. And hopefully for Christmas, he'll give me a picture of this chart he has that he keeps very close to his chest. It's a marketplace that has education. UVic has seen about a 40% increase in enrollment over seven years. Education, real estate, tourism, government, tech, is growing over there. And we're seeing it now with a lot of tech companies that are looking to get into Victoria. You have the international airport. You have greater Victoria markets like Saanich and like Langford that are growing out of control. Pricing has just taken off. The sell-through of condos over there are selling way faster, probably at two or three times the pace they were not even three or four years ago. And I think COVID is going to even escalate that further. One of the challenges that Victoria has ahead of it is the housing market. Downtown Victoria has a lot of historical buildings in it that you can't really touch. So that's going to push development into the Harris Green District, which we're going to kind of compare to a Yelltown, into the Old Town District, which is you know primarily developed by Lefevin Company. Uh, Density is now in there. Nicola Wealth is in there. You're now looking at that major massive, massive Capital Irons project that Reliance is doing. It's going to push development to those two markets. James Bay will eventually get caught up that will all circulate the downtown market there. I don't think you can go wrong in any asset class in Victoria. And if you look at multifamily as, a, as an example, three, four years ago, you were seeing five, five and a half caps. Now you're seeing three, three and a quarter and three and a half caps. And why that is, is people are leaving UVic and they're not leaving Victoria. 
versus years ago, they would leave UVic and they'd come to Vancouver or Calgary or Seattle for employment. Now all the companies are showing up in Victoria. So there's a lot more jobs and infrastructure that's coming along there, especially with the doubling of the hospital, is people are coming out of UVic and they're not having to go look for jobs. But what the problem with that is, is with UVic's enrollment going up and up and up and up, and they are building some student housing, going up and up and up, people are coming in looking for housing and the housing supply is shrinking dramatically because people who are coming out of UVic aren't leaving for work. They're settling down with families. They're bringing other people in and transplants. It's a housing crunch that's going to continue for the foreseeable future. The spinoff effect of that is jobs in the area are going to grow, and that's going to put continued pressure and demand on commercial real estate, whether it be retail, industrial, or uh, office space. So it sounds like uh, they need more housing out there. Is it, What's the development like out there? Well, I think when you look at it right now, the one thing with Victoria, especially in the greater Victoria marketplace, is we look at towers over here, and towers are getting launched all the time, and they're selling out on floor plans, all that stuff. In Victoria, you're seeing one, two, three, maybe four towers get launched a year, and four is being probably like like very optimistic. Versus over here, you might see four towers get launched between the lower mainland within a two or three month period. That there could be an annual thing. So there's not a lot of supply that's coming available to the market, and the absorption of supply is a lot greater than it once was. Population growth through immigration and repositioning is growing rapidly. Victoria is a market that has a lot of challenges ahead of it. And one thing that when you, if you visit Victoria and you visit Kelowna, Kelowna is a great city. It's almost feels like in some degree, and I don't want to sound negative, it's like a municipality pretending to be a city. And I don't mean that in a negative way versus when you go to Victoria, it's a city. It feels like a city. It looks like a city. So I think Victoria has a lot of challenges ahead of it, which from an investment standpoint, by investing into that market now, greater demand for these products is still going to continue to grow and you still have the opportunity to make money. And we're seeing cap rates in that four and a half range now, five maybe, industrials getting down there into that four, four and a half again. So there's still an opportunity from a debt servicing standpoint to get into that market. But I do think you're going to see lease rates in most areas continue to go up. I think you're going to see cap rates continue to come down. Even with the interest rates going up, I think those cap rates are going to hold. That's a marketplace that you want to get into now because if you look at it two years ago from where it went from there to where it is today, there's a lot of money was made for people that got in 24 months ago. And I still think there's a lot of money to be made for people that get in now and they fast forward 24, 36 months. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot of great reasons to invest in Victoria right now. I think one thing that you're omitting is what do we have? Five offices now? We have five offices, yeah. Do you think like one thing that might be swaying the market is uh, that Victoria is by far our best looking office? When you say best looking, you're talking I, about I'm the talking renovation? about the brokers. They're the just brokers? they're just so handsome. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna let I'll leave that one to you <laughs> with it. Um, <laughs> no comment. You know, with it. I, well, the reality is, like I said, if that if the office didn't work out. We could always rent them out to like H&M and they could put the, dress them up and put them in the window. 100%. So no, that office has done phenomenal work over there. That's a market that's continuing to grow. If you look at Langford, which is very, very pro-business, very pro-development, they just greenlit two towers, from my understanding, where the, the tallest towers in that marketplace, which shows that market's here to do business. You've got a lot of people that are in the Saanich area. 
Victoria, James Bay, Cardova Bay, that you mean have been there for a long time and those families are growing and expanding. The fear I think becomes is does Victoria deal with similar problems we've dealt over here with from the Vancouver marketplace where people get priced out? And if you look at Langford, that price there has had a tremendous run up over the past three years that where do they go if they can't afford to live in greater Vancouver? You know, does, do they go to Nanaimo? Do they go to Ladysmith? Do they go to Courtney? Like, where, where do they go after that? So that's the thing that I think Victoria will deal with in the coming years. And then also the infrastructure that has to be to, to move all these people around, I think will be something that they'll have to deal with. But overall, I think Victoria by far offers the best metrics from an investment standpoint, from affordability, from a vacancy rate, an absorption rate, a cap rate. Victoria is your best market to go into. And this is the only market the only market I can think of where I will throw a question mark next to industrial. And the reason why I put a question mark, not that it's a bad investment, it's a great investment. The question becomes, Greater Victoria is, I believe, a trade area of about 400,000 people and growing. Right now, when you look at the industrial projects that are being, out, being marketed for sale, and we just run our quick calculations, you have anywhere between probably a million and a half to two and a half million square feet projected to come into those marketplaces in industrial over the next decade. And a large chunk of that, probably 500,000 to 700,000 of that, will probably get delivered in the next 36 months. The question becomes, does is that too much for a small market? Right now, absorption is great. And the, the question is, is the absorption as high as it is because pent-up demand that will eventually get flushed out as inventory comes available? Or... Will demand continue to ride high because there just is that much demand and we still can't get enough product to the market? So I'm not saying industrial in Victoria is a bad investment. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is the next 36 months when you've got a lot of inventory coming to a market, what is the absorption and how does that flush through? That's my only hesitation with industrial in Victoria. So if I'm investing in Victoria Industrial, say two years from now, I might expect a little bit longer to find a tenant than say today when we're seeing extremely low vacancy rates? Potentially, yes. And the trade-off with that is owner-occupiers typically is the largest percentage of buyers in that marketplace. Investors have come into it. And I remember a couple of years ago, we did an interview. I can't remember. I think it was the Globe and Mail. And we were saying then, strata investment in industrial is the next big thing out here. I think a lot of people questioned at the time and said, no, 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 owner-occupiers. But if you look at the people that bought in from the investment side, they had a tremendous return in a short period of time. We had half a dozen clients all buy into this one particular project in Langford uh, that have easily seen 30% increase on their investment in under 15 months since they since they were closed on it. Lease rates just shot up crazy. Cap rates came down. Yeah. Wh when you told me the lease rates out there in Langford, I, th I thought you were joking. A lot of people are surprised when they go to that marketplace and they think that there is going to be a discount. If I run my business in Vancouver or Surrey or the Lower Mainland and I move out to that market, I think it's going to be cheaper. And they find out the lease rates are 18, 19, 20 bucks, which is what we see in Vancouver. A lot of them are very surprised. And that's primarily because Greater Victoria right now has the lowest vacancy rate. I think it's like a like a 0 0.01 lowest vacancy rate in the industrial asset class in North America, they say. So this inventory is definitely needed. The question is, is it too much too soon? Most people say no. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that's the only little asterisk that goes next to it, especially in those, those smaller markets. That's a 0.1% vacancy rate. I mean, uh, you know, a healthy vacancy rate 
It's typically sort of that six to ten percent range. So point one is just outrageous. It's a. It sounds like it's still a landlord's market. You know, it's a landlord's market now. It'll be the landlord's market for the foreseeable future by far. But the question is, as a lot of that stuff comes gets delivered, twenty four months, thirty six months down the road, does that sway it? Interest rates go up. Does that sway it? But the saving grace is owner occupiers. They make up a big chunk of that asset class. And as you look at it, it's cheaper to own versus lease in some cases. So overall, Victoria is a number one market. Any asset class in that area, we like. You can't go wrong investing in Victoria. I mean, you know, it's a good market when, you know, you have to come up with arguments against it saying that uh, there's no vacancy and they're building so much product because people are so bullish on it. Yeah. No, Victoria, two thumbs up, Victoria. So just to recap, our top five markets for 2022 investment market. Number five, Kamloops, which will be home to our sixth brokerage office uh, in 2020 there. Number four is Chilliwack. Number three. Maple Ridge. Number three is Maple Ridge. Number two is Kelowna. Number one is Victoria. But I want to create a list of cities of honorable mentions that should have been named on that list and aren't on there for just one or two reasons. Recently, we had Anita Herbert, who was on the show, who's the CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade and all the amazing stuff Surrey has going on. Surrey is a absolute must-investment market if you're in commercial real estate. Why it didn't make our list is we just think some of these other ones have a little bit faster of a trajectory because Surrey's had an amazing run-up this past week. I think the Flamingo Tower, which is a tower in the Wally area, sold out in like 48 hours. Campbell Heights, that area is just a mecca of industrial. It's an area that I think like the cap rates have come down a lot that I think you just may not get the same short-term returns as you might in some other markets that have a little bit of growth. But that's why Surrey's not on the list. Surrey's on everyone's list. We're saying you should be buying in Surrey, but that's why it didn't hit our top five this year. Nanaimo is on that list of honorable mentions. I think with the housing crunch in Victoria, that event, a lot of people over the next decade are going to end up in Nanaimo. And I think when you look at, there was a recent building, an office tower came for sale with some development land for $9.9 million. That sold, I think, at full ask. Another one was launched, another office building that was launched at $6 million. That got four offers on it right away, which is an indication of that market. Multifamily buildings in Nanaimo have gone from like a five and a half cap rate to like a four or even a sub four in some cases. So Nanaimo needs to be on your radar and there's a high probability it's going to make our list next year. And last but not least, Mission BC. And we like Mission because the housing market has grown spectacular during COVID. A lot of people have moved out from the Tri-Cities per se or even the Langley market and they've gone into the Mission market that they've got a lot more bang for their buck with housing. That's an area that's going to see a lot of transformation in the commercial real estate world over the next few years. And I think that's a market that we'll be talking a lot more about in commercial real estate over the next 12 months, that that's a high probability that's on our list for 2023. Beautiful. So the runner-ups, but uh, don't sleep on Mission, Surrey, or Nanaimo. Yep. Keep them high on your list. So, But before we go, Rod, you took the time to come in and join me today as a co-host. Adam and Matt texted me this morning so they couldn't be here. We have our William Wright commercial Christmas party tonight. Although they're not technically William Wright team members, they're part of the big family. So we have them coming out tonight. 
I think they're getting their suits because it's James Bond theme tonight. I think they're all getting their suits. Suits? I mean, hopefully tuxes. It's Bond. I it's mean, James Bond. Come well, on, you got to well, go all out tonight. Well, you, well, you know what? Honestly, I, I, th- this is what I kind of fear. You know, Matt, Matt lives on the edge, and I got a funny feeling he's going to show up in the orange string bikini that Halle Berry came out of the water with in the James Bond movie that she was in. I think she was in Casino Royale. Uh, I think Matt's going to wear the bikini tonight. Halle Berry? No, that was uh, Die Another Day. Die Another Day. That's actually what my girlfriend's wearing tonight. Oh. Yeah, she's got the the whole knife strap, everything. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So well, maybe they'll... I don't, we'll see. Maybe we'll do, we'll do side-by-side photos. Like, who wore it better? Yeah. So, you know what, Corey? There's a lot of buildup, though, because, you know, you planned this uh, this great Christmas party. you got lots of people coming out. We're just... We're very excited. You know, you're a well-dressed guy. You know, we're very excited to see what you're going to wear, and we, we hope it doesn't disappoint. Can you... Uh, Lead anything on just yet? Uh, I, I can't. Okay. I can't. And uh, I appreciate the comment there. I think you'll have to wait and see. Okay. I'll be honest with you. There's been a lot of talk about guys in the offices <laughs> getting tuxes and going for tuxedo fittings. <laughs> I, I didn't go the tux route. I didn't go the tux route. So I, I'm a little worried that I'm going to I'm gonna get an honorable mention and not make the list. You might be a runner-up is what you're saying. Well, I'll be honest with you, Rod. This the staff part is all about you guys, not me. So I'm going to graciously take a back seat and let you guys uh, take the dress wardrobe up a level tonight. I'll graciously sit in the back. I don't believe for a second. Excited to see it. We'll see it. But before we go, we've got our six-pack powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. For all your commercial legal needs, visit Red Point Law at redpointlaw.com. .ca. Rod, before you let us go, we've got our six pack, six lighthearted questions so you can tell us all about yourself outside of the outside of the office. Number f- number six, favorite vacation spot. I gotta say Mexico, probably Playa del Carmen. Uh parents had a place there for probably the better part of 10 years. So I've been out there a bunch. It's beautiful. I love it. So definitely partial to Playa del Carmen. A book you would recommend to our listeners? Uh this one might have already been said, but Atomic Habits by James Clear. Good book. Yeah, that's great a book. good book. Yeah, yeah. No, it's got a, a lot of good lessons. Good habits or bad habits. I mean, it's uh, the compound. Favorite TV show or movie? Corey, you see, how I'm dressed today, right? You, well, I know you, you were you were wondering why I was dressed like a so, cowboy. So let let let's let's unpack this here for the listeners. So I walk into Rod's office this morning. <laughs> Rod's dressed like the Marble Man. Like he's gonna get on a horse and ride it, and he's got he's got the the plaid yellow like and white Sherpa. jacket. He's got the brown boots on, and I'm looking at Rod and I'm thinking, "Where are you going? This isn't Halloween." Rod discloses to me on the drive over here when I said, "Why are you dressed like that?" Rod starts to tell me so much so I almost drove off the road. Rod, why are you dressed like a cowboy today? Favorite TV show: Yellowstone. It's fair to say this is your last day at William Wright Commercial. <laughs> well, it, it might be, but still a great show. And I got to say that when I first started watching it, my girlfriend and I, we watched the third season by accident. So we were a little bit uh, confused. There was uh, not a lot of character development, but I think you got to give it time because there's a lot of action that goes on in season three. So maybe you got to give it some time. Matt and Adam might, might not be wrong. Well, you know, I mean, they, they unfortunately won't hear the rough cuts of this by the end of the night, but I did text them a photo of your outfit. And <laughs> Adam texts me back with so many ha 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 ha. I thought his thumbs were going to fall off. They were laughing so hard. But I will I will give you credit for uh, for dressing like that. 
You might have to find a new job though. <laughs> quote that you live by or quote that inspires you? I think I see it every day when I walk into the office. There's no elevator to success. You got to take the stairs. And that's by Zig Ziglar. And the only reason, you know, it really resonates with me because, you know, there, there's some big steps you got to take and we're, we're still getting there. No, that's a great point. All of our offices have a quote in them. Some people agree. Some people don't agree. But in the Vancouver office, there's no shortcuts to success. There's no elevator to success. Everyone takes the stairs. Rod walks out of his office. That slaps him in the face every day. Good quote. Favorite band? Nickelback. I don't, I don't believe you. No, I mean, you know, I... Uh, you can't like it's, Yellowstone it's a, and Nickelback. That's not allowed. It's a tough one. I, I'm I'm the guy, you know, when I'm out where I'm, I'm never going to be the DJ. People are always playing the music. I'm happy to listen to whatever. But I think I'll go with the Rolling Stones. First band I saw in concert. Wow. Uh, I've seen them a couple times. Saw them in Chicago. The first time saw them in Vancouver. So they wow. put on a good show. Great, great band. Rod, last question for you. What's a piece of advice you can give our listeners that maybe someone who's looking to enter that commercial real estate market, say from an investment standpoint? I think the most important piece is probably finding a commercial broker that works in the specific area that you're looking to invest in. Speaking of good brokers, Rod, how can our guests get a hold of you? Did I say good? I meant great. Great brokers. So uh, you can reach me on my cell at 604-763-5510 or Roderick, R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K at williamwright.ca. And if anyone's looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate, they're always welcome to reach out to us. They can reach us at our Vancouver head office at 604-428-5255. They can visit our website, williamwright.ca, and sign up for the latest and greatest news. Or they can always drop me an email, corey at williamwright.ca. Let us know what you're looking to do, and we'll put you in touch with the best broker in the best market for you to help you with your asset. Rod, any, any parting words here before you go get dressed to look like James Bond? I think you owe me a Poke Bowl. I do. That's that's my thing. You come on the show, you get a Poke Bowl. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much for everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for having me, Corey. Subscribe today.